What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter. This is episode number 151, and I am one of your hosts, Chase Williams, and I'm joined by the man who can't stop hashing on the blockchain with all the other buzzwords. <laughs> it's Hunter Dorsett. What's up, man? Not a lot, man. Just uh, speaking of the, the old blockchain and all the hashing and stuff, man, I did my first crypto diesel episode in like four months. I was about to say, looking at you through the computer now, I feel like I'm just watching you on YouTube. Nice. Yeah, that's well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's a similar camera angle. It's it might even be the same camera. Oh my god. Yeah, so you're on like what your fifth or sixth video there and you're basically just trying to get you're trying to be the the intro into the whole community side of things is kind of how you pinned it. Kind of um, you know, you know, you both you and Mandy have both asked that I kind of put some videos out that's like a back to the basics explaining how people get into it. Mandy just wants me to talk about how it works, you know? So I think I'm going to like kind of start my next uh, efforts in really breaking down a lot of the fundamental aspects of blockchain technology and Mm -hmm. like, you know, how to get your first leg in the door as far as investing. See, that's what I'm most looking forward to is how to actually make your first purchase. But yeah, so everybody who listens to podcasts is probably pretty goddamn familiar with supporting YouTube channels. Hunter has one. So go check out Crypto Diesel. Uh, He's putting up blockchain and cryptocurrency videos there. But Witty Banter isn't a cryptocurrency podcast yet. I know it's moving in that direction. (laughs) But it it is a podcast that has always had alcoholic beverages on it. And that is not changing today. Hunter, what are you drinking over there, man? So I've got this one where it's a can of Santa smoking a stogie on top of a chimney as though he's shitting down the chimney. (laughs) That's pretty irreverent. (laughs) They really fucking went for it there, dude. He is straight up taking a deuce on top of that chimney. (laughs) Yes, he is. And uh, it is called the Angry Santa Spiced London Ale. It's 8% alcohol by volume, and it's by... I I think I know how to say it. Rar and Sons Brewing Co. out of Fort Worth, Texas. But I always see it. It's R A H R. I always think like Rare and Sons. <laughs> rare and Sons. Um, and on the back it says a dark ale brewed with mulling spices, notes of vanilla, cinnamon, Ooh. honey, and fresh gingerbread, rich and malty. So you're kind of coming up on like the Christmas in July aspect here. But my question is 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 the is the beer in the can supposed to be his hot? Sloppy shit, like <laughs> that's kind of hard to get around, man. Like, how are you supposed to not? Let's hope it's not too. Ugh. Let's hope it's not. It's fucking a deep, like red black. Um, oh god! And yeah, it's it looks it looks like it might be up my alley, but we'll 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 check it out. This <laughs> London Spice Dale. I'm not gonna be able to stop thinking of poop yeah. It might might have been up Santa's alley. Yeah. Uh, so, I, dude, I'm just drinking a straight-up Guinness extra stout out of a bottle. And honestly, I looked at my fridge just real quick to grab a beer. I thought Guinness only came in, like, the can with the little nitro ball in there. Yeah. I didn't even realize that they just they had a straight-up bottle version of it. So I'm going to drink the bottle version. I, Hunter, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of Guinness often because of <laughs> Darian's job. No surprise there. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's like Guinness is just this thing that I drink now. So I'm going to just see if it tastes any different coming out of a bottle, I guess. <laughs> Are you getting the Radiohead effect where the more you listen to it, the more you like it? Or I guess you know, the more you taste it, the more you like it. It's kind of crazy. And I don't want to put anybody on blast here. But Guinness is, I'm, I've come to learn a beer that is highly dependent on how it is served in the sense of not only just poured out of a tap, but the temperature that it's kept at, hmm. how long it's been in the keg what the mix of the gases and all that. Cause what's crazy and everyone who kind of knows Darian knows she's a woman of discerning taste. Yeah. She's gotten to the point now with beer where she, she's been learning and taking these classes where she can like go take a drink of Guinness and be like, it's your lines that are out of sync here. Like, or you need a, the gas is off. Let's go check it out. She can fucking figure that out. Through taste now. Oh, wow. It's crazy. It's <laughs> pretty baller. It is baller. It scares me sometimes. <laughs> Well, cool, so I'll man. just bumble through. Yeah, I'll bumble through a Guinness review um, uh, on the show before we get started. Yeah, here we go. Bumble. Fucking give me, yeah, give me your best Seth Rogen, and we'll just we'll get we'll get. Um, I want to say a quick few things before we jump into the main segment of witty banter. First of all, Houston Rockets just started the second round of playoffs against the Utah Jazz. They won their first game on Sunday, which is the day before we're recording right now. Uh, and James Harden had 41 points, and they think the <laughs> total score was like 110 to 96. Um, and I'm not here to like overhype shit and jinx stuff, but I'm just saying it feels pretty fucking awesome to be watching them out there school it, dude. Dude, have, we, you, been, we, have you been watching games? Uh, I watched a couple of games of the last uh, round, mm-hmm. and one of the games we lost, one of the games we dominated. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just awesome having teams in Houston that are like worth rooting for like they're or not worth rooting for but like it's just like easy to root for them because they're kicking ass you there's know? a return on the route <laughs> it's the return just... on my route is high right now <laughs> yeah my route just keeps getting bigger and bigger for them <laughs> um so I wanted to mention that real quick and then of course I forgot to point out the top of the show because we just got swept away and just all the great cryptocurrency talk of course that uh, Max isn't on the show. He's going to be away from the show for a few episodes. I'll kind of leave that to him uh, to discuss whenever he gets back. But Max, I'm going to let you know right now that Hunter and I are thinking of you, and we're trying to bring the laughs so these they can be pumped right in your ears, man. Hope you're doing well. Absolutely. Um, and then, <laughs> that's yeah, my so laughs. take that little fart. That's where it goes. <laughs> I'm sure that's pretty familiar to you. Just keep that in your back pocket. Um, Hunter, let's just start it, dude. I'm, I'm talking fast. I'm back in the hosting chair. It's like it turns me into a whole new beast. Yeah. This. <laughs> Is witty banter. <laughs> All right, man. Hunter, the way witty banter used to go in land of yore, besides just being us two, which everybody knows, besides having the beers, Everyone which everybody knows. knows yep. We did news stories, man. We started out with even just me bringing like 12 things of news. Yeah. And it would take us a long time to get through it. Now we can't get through a single email question like outside of 15 <laughs> minutes. It's true. But we're bringing back the news structure. Quick fire. It's time for a little. Yeah, man, let's fire him off. Hunter, I want you to start, man. What are you bringing today? Okay. While mine is not super quick, I'm going to be talking fast. So if you're listening to the show, this might be a good time for you to go 1.5 times speed. Um, In fact, yeah, I forgot. Anytime we do quick fire news, you you put that shit on (laughs) 1.5. It's just how how we play. And so I just saw a thing today that Wells Fargo is getting uh, fined a billion dollars. Uh, 
basically because they have been scheming people left and right for the past two years. And I just have like this list of things that have happened since 2016, September. This just like, this is outrageous. So I'm just going to read them off. September 8th, uh, a fake scandal. The, their fake account scandal breaks wide open. They have like 5,300 employees that get fired over the fact that they've created like 1.7 billion or million contracts that like weren't legit. Um, they had a $24 million settlement charge because they were illegally repressing, repossessing service members cars in September of 2016. Um, <laughs> they had, they got dinged for compliance with the Dodd-Frank act, which was the post 2008 law meant to better regulate big banks and protect customers that happened in December of 27 or 2016 in June of 2017. They basically, uh, <laughs> they basically were accused of modifying mortgages without authorization from customers in July, 2017. They admitted that they charged at least 570,000 customers for auto insurance. They did not need. <laughs> oh my God. In August Those <laughs> numbers are so big. In August of 2017, they found 1.4 million additional phony accounts, bringing the total number to 3.5 million. And it just goes on and on. It's like all these yeah. things that keep happening, and they finally just like had to face the music and got a billion-dollar fine. But what's funny is the article that I read that off of is like, is that even a freaking drop in the ocean for them? Yo, that was literally going to be my first question to you is, does that matter? A billion sounds like a lot of money to me. Like I think about just the amount of economic gears that need to turn to generate that kind of wealth. And it seems pretty tremendous, but dude, when you're reading me the stats of how many fake accounts were created, <laughs> you're talking about like inflating your numbers by a considerable volume. Yeah, and that's the kind of metrics that like when people are looking at their performance, that's like one of the metrics they look at. So people get more hyped that, oh, they're doing well. And and you think about stuff like charging 570,000 customers for auto insurance they didn't need. Um, it's pretty, I would say that it's very likely that they made way more than a billion dollars off of all that stupid off illicit of all activity. Off right? Yeah. So, um, you know... I, I hopefully you would think that there'd be some sort of um, maybe culture change, maybe a, a top-down approach. Maybe the exec. I know the executives have actually been dropping like flies whenever they first got the uh, the all the customer account counts shit like nailed on them. Like four of the board of directors had to step down. So yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because. Everyone fucking distrusts, distrusts the banks, and I guess Wells Fargo is just taking the lead as like the slimiest bank, and so it's good. Dude, to it sucks because like <laughs> I have Wells Fargo. I do too, and, <laughs> dude. I feel like if I don't change my bank account, then I am like enabling this bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, it's just, and that's a hassle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just, uh, you know, you'd like to see that things are going to change, but it's like if they keep getting, I think until you get instead of getting slaps on the wrist. Until people start going to jail, you know, <laughs> that's yeah, the only right. thing that's going to happen. And that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened since ever. 2008. Yeah. They didn't even go to We're jail just, for 2008. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the thing. Cause it's fucking wild, dude. <laughs> so do you feel like there's, there's like a sense of impunity to these people? Like, yeah, they're, they're, they've gotten fired. They probably resigned. Like they probably got a fucking severance or some shit. You know, they probably walked out to avoid sentencing who knows like but do you feel like there's a level of impunity that's kind of like there i think there's a reluctance to be too stiff-armed with banks 
because our financial system is so heavily reliant upon them. And not only our financial system, but the world's financial system. So if you're basically going to, uh, you know, stiff arm them and say like, Hey, like F you, you know, we're going to not allow you to grow or keep doing the stuff that you're doing. You know, not just the illicit stuff, but all 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 the other services that they provide. It you know, it might really hurt the economy and really hurt the 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 world, especially from like a lending aspect, right? People needing to finance their shit. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's just it just sounds to me like it's it's this thing that we don't want to touch because it's so old and decrepit that it'll just fall apart. But instead, we just build on top of it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on next week's episode where we talk about blockchain, <laughs> so the the article that I first want to start with is actually really light, and it's a survey which ranks what people find the most annoying phrases in the workplace are. So okay. it asked a bunch of people. And so I just want to go down this list. I don't know to see if you've heard of heard any of these and if there's any that are particular like just uh, pet peeves. Like, okay. Fuck that shit. Okay. All right. I'm going to kind of just go through them. Number one, give 110%. Number two, think outside the box. Number three, hammer it out. Four, heavy lifting. And then here's one that I hear all the time. Number nine, let's circle back. <laughs> and we'll just circle back at the end of the day. We'll see where we're at at that. Give a little little detailed report that we'll circle back on that. Hey, it's just uh, chase here. I'm circling back on a conversation we had just this last week. Um, I'm going to go and ping you real quick. I'll ping you in about an hour and uh, we can circle back on that thing. You ever hear that one? Oh well, yeah. That's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's professional speak right there. Yeah. It sucks. I actually said that to my brother one time and he was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was Dude, like, Oh, I didn't even realize that. You know, I'll be completely honest. I remember the first year we were out of college and we both got our jobs and we kept injecting work, uh, euphemisms into our everyday speech with like a sense of excitement. <laughs> and I remember like picking up on that fact that we were both doing it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, what, what are we, what are we doing right now? <laughs> it's like the first year college student, or like the first year that you graduate college and you're like, well, I took this class that uh, yeah, exactly. actually, yeah. And I mean, I've heard a lot of those. I think the one that I hate is just like, you know, you just got to figure it out. <laughs> like, you just got to figure it out. You got to get it done. I'm like, you know, it is what I'm it like, is. Yeah, no I hear shit. that one a lot. <laughs> it is what it is. What about um, going forward? I thought this one was super simple, but you know, going forward, you know, from this point forward, uh, this is never going to happen again. And going forward, we're going to make sure that everybody is involved uh, on here. Everybody's in this room is going to know. And going forward, I hear that one all the time. I'm trying to see if there's like a couple more. Oh, I'll loop you in. That one all the time. Yeah, dude, just loop uh, loop Paul in from from over there, and we'll get this thing going. And in about an hour and a half, we'll circle back on that shit. Uh, just ping me real quick. And going forward, we'll never have to worry about this again. It's funny because it's it like the terms actually imply that we're just going in circles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. I've definitely anyway, heard all was... of those. Those are hilarious. Yeah. I thought that was goofy. Um, you got, you got something else to bounce over to? Um, uh, not particularly. I was really, I was really just going to document this time in our lives, Chase. Okay. Yeah. Lay it on. Me. We usually don't time get, capsule. we usually don't get a uh, diplomatic on the show and I don't want us to. Oh yes. But, you texted me last week 
and uh-huh. you were like, this is a historic day. I'm very happy. And I'll be completely honest. I had no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. At first. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I checked the first thing on the news and uh, there was a, uh, a sign of peace between a mm. Northern Korea and a Southern Korea. I just wanted to get your take on it so we can uh, put it in the time capsule, put it on, put it right there. Yeah. All right, dude. That, I actually like this a lot. I'll give you my little time capsule take. I was buzzing with Max Kelleher on the phone, uh, sending text messages back and forth because he has an interest in international relations. I actually need to talk to my buddy, Steven Shavana, your friend as well, who's into that too, to talk to him because uh, we like to nerd out on that stuff. But for me, uh, just the fact that like there's been no North Korean leader to ever, do, to ever cross over the border and like shake hands with the South Korean president, mm-hmm. that was massive for me. And, and watching that happen was crazy. And it was just so surreal. It's just one of those things where, like, you don't expect this reality to, like, that it would never be a reality that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, hearing Kim Jong-un actually speak and realizing that, like, I'd never heard his voice before hmm. was another moment that kind of, like, underturned, like underscored the day. And then hearing him say words like a unified pen- peninsula or, like, North Korean and South Korean people are the same. And so then you get to sort so that was just like the historic historicity of it. Right. Yeah. And then you get to like the implications, man. And, and Max and I are just talking like, what does the What is the strategy here? How, first of all, how did this happen? How did this how did this point? How did we come to this point where these are the now the actions that we're seeing in front of our eyes? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean for like North Korean people getting the Internet? And realizing they've been lied to their whole lives. Hmm. Um, <laughs> what do we do about Kim Jong-un and his horrible human rights record? Do we give him amnesty? This is where the peacemaking process gets really sticky, hmm. right? Yeah. And then there's one last side to it where I'm incredibly optimistic, but I've also been seeing things about how like his speech sort of lifts languages from other speeches that his father had given at times where he was saying things that were similar. And all I could think is like the worst possible scenario is this is all like a ruse and nothing ends up changing. And to me, that would just be like the blackest, most cynical, unbelievable thing to me. And I just hope that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, it, it's like hard for me to not be just 100% skeptical, right? Because right. because I don't know of the source of how it happened, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, think, I guess the thing that was weird for me on top of all the stuff you said, I didn't actually get to hear his speech. Um, it just seemed weird to me how like actually like, giggly and smiley he was you know like i was kind of imagining it to be kind of like a you know maybe even yeah stern maybe like uh just serious affair because it was such a a big event and a historical you know occasion but you know he's like hugging the guy and like smiley and laughy and shit and i was like do these guys know each other well or something what is this Um, i think that might even contribute to part of the joy that I felt in that day was like, Oh my God, they're like smiling at it. They, they seem happy, you know, like this is nuts. Yeah. And then I also, you know, I, I had the gut reaction that I kind of texted you in response about, you know, anyone that listens to this show, I'm not the hugest fan of the, of the T man of the Trump Meister. Um, my initial reaction was like, well, F, you know, like Trump and his whole administration, you know, basically take credit for it. And you noted like, well, he definitely had a factor in this. Like it's undeniable that he played some sort of role in this happening. And I had mm-hmm. to say, I had to step back and say, I agree. Because, and then I later I was thinking about it more. It's like, yes, I have a lot of pride and I don't like that dude or his administration in the whole, in the, on the whole, but I have no problem kind of uh, condescending myself if it means, you know, getting a situation where 
Um, you have something that's as horrible as the North Korea debacle getting somehow solved or figured out, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you, dude. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a reflection of the times we live in that we want to just measure every single thing we hear against that person and that, and that branch of government. But there's also many more lenses and perspectives to see what's happening in front of us uh, through. And I am just eagerly awaiting the coming weeks just to see how it continues to develop, man. But yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I think it was a historic day. Um, and I'm happy that we honestly took a time to reflect on it here. Cause I hope our audience recognizes how much we think it's like it's importance is. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, dude. So my next news article is about the box office global, uh, record that was beaten by Avengers infinity war. Hunter, <laughs> I was a contributor to this. I saw okay. infinity war this weekend. I'm, I'll, um, hey, I will say I'm a little jealous. I actually yeah. really, I, I, I want to see it. You know, I just had to recognize that it was a fucking event. Yeah. That it was all leading to this and the day <laughs> is finally here, you know? For better walking or worse, that, right? Yeah, dude, walking up to that theater and being like, wow, like for a lot of people, this is a fucking huge day, you know? <laughs> yeah. People taking off work. Yeah, man. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest Marvel guy. I, I watch the films and I feel like I apply the same critical lens that I would to any movie to them, but I also enjoy just sitting back and watching them. Um, Hunter, do you have like any connection to Marvel whatsoever? Are you going to go see this movie? Um, I do want to see this movie. I'll be completely honest. I was, I was told by a number of people that Black Panther was like the best Marvel movie they had seen. And they like Marvel movies, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I need to go see that movie because it sounds pretty dope. And I then, saw Black yeah, do you like it? I did. Yeah. And the reason why I like it, I'll tell you this short little bit, is because in kind of looping back in, you know, looping back on <laughs> what uh, back on we were talking the- about earlier, <laughs> we were, uh, <laughs> the, the subject matter of Black Panther is straight up international relations and government. Like, mm. what's happening with the characters and who uh, T'Challa is and, like, his whole story is very much that theater. And the whole time I was watching, all I was thinking about was if you were to take the actions of these characters and use them as, like, a metaphor for international relations, what lessons could we extrapolate from their actions? And the fact that I was able to sit there and think about that the entire movie really elevated it for me. You Dope. know, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I really want to see that. I can't tell if I'm going to like make myself see that before seeing the Avengers, but I definitely want to see the Avengers. You should just see the Avengers. I shouldn't? You should. No, no. like Black Panther has <laughs> has like no bearing on that movie. I thought as you were like, you tell. shouldn't see the Avengers. Just don't do it, man. You know, save yourself 10 bucks in a fucking two hour stint in the movie theater. Well, can I, can I ask, uh, was it worth it? Was it, was it worth the money? Was it worth the event? It, it uh, defied my expectations. Good. And... I'm always happy when any film does that, right? Yep. Like how I view even just moments of anticipation is like if I can't see past the scene that I'm watching in the sense I can't anticipate what's coming next, yeah. I'm usually satisfied with like that that's a big point. That actually never really happened much in this theater in this movie, but mostly because I just wasn't engaged through it like I would be most others, but the way that it ended I just totally did not expect, and yeah, when you see it, it'd be cool to talk to you about it, because I was like, wow, all right, bravo. (laughs) Okay, cool, it gets a bravo from the Chase Meister. But yeah, the news article that we fucking buried is, uh, it set a first weekend record of 540 
or $630 million earned, which beat the previous record of $542 million earned set by the, fa- the fate of the furious. Jeez, it's like 20% bigger. That's you huge. fucking smashed it, dude. But I mean, like, you're not gonna... It's like... It's almost like you have, like, the best album of all time, and then you have mm-hmm. the best-selling CD of all time, which is the best of the Eagles, right? You know? Like, yeah. where you have, like, the compilation where everything's rolled into one. Of course, that'll get more. But, no, that's pretty cool. That's, that's still sick that they, like, $630 million in, like, what, two or three days? It's pretty dirty. Yeah. <laughs> pretty dirty. And they got two, $250 million of that was in uh, North America, which barely beat Star Wars The Force Awakens, which was $248 million. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, dude, they... they these I'm looking at the top five global opening weekends now, and it's just like such an unbelievable list of movies to me. You have the Avengers Infinity War, <laughs> the fate of the furious Star Wars, the force awakens, which I can kind of see Jurassic world <laughs> and Harry Potter and the deathly hollows part two, man. So I could see Harry Potter. I'm so, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe Avatar took a little time to sink in before it got its notoriety. Um, right. You know, yeah. I mean, the other a couple of those other ones, man. I can't. I, I, I haven't seen World. them. Yeah, Jurassic. People World. were so excited to see a see a, a reboot of Jurassic Park with. I don't know, man. It's you weird. almost just wonder if it's just money that would normally be flowing somewhere else, but there's just not any other good movies around. Huh. Yeah, I don't know, man. At the same time, though, I feel like Marvel has just created this this movie industry. Dude, have you heard of Movie Pass? Random side check, side street here. I have not. You pay ten dollars a month, and you can get movie tickets unlimited at theaters around you. Wow! You that's, can just go to the theater. That sounds your, like your kind of deal, man. I just don't understand how it's possible. <laughs> like, how you know? Like, how did that? That's so weird to me. I don't know where the money's going. Like, <laughs> the theaters I got to be getting screwed by that. Yeah, dude. Dude. So there's a similar. I had a guy. You know, I work in the energy sector in my audit or whatever. And so there's a uh, guy that's on our team. He was telling us about a thing called Energy Ogre, and you mm-hmm. basically does the same thing where it's like you know, the companies make it kind of hard and sticky for you to get in and out of contracts. But when you first get into contracts, they're going to give you kick-ass deals, right? And so this yeah. this company basically specializes in running like a shit ton of data to find the best services that are catered to your um, lifestyle and the kind of energy output that you have. And it gets you in and out of contracts without you ever having to think of it. And so, uh, and all the energy companies are like, fuck you, right? Like, they're, like, they don't like you leaving. And so they'll be like, hey, we'll pay you or we'll like take off this amount to like make sure you don't leave us. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go over there. <laughs> Fucking stand. <laughs> All right, man. I'll I'll finish this out with one more. Uh, this one's just fucking goofy to me. Okay. Tesla driver banned for M1 autopilot seat switch. And if you don't understand what that means, neither did I until I read the story. I think I understand. A driver, a driver who moved into the passenger seat after putting his electric car into autopilot while at 40 miles per hour on a motorway has been banned from driving. <laughs> By who? By um, Britain. (laughs) By an entire country. He's 39 years old, and he pleaded guilty to 
dangerous driving at St. Albans Crown Court. And a witness in another car filmed him sitting in the passenger seat of his Tesla S60 on the M1 between junctions 8 and 9. And Patel said he, he was the unlucky one who got caught. The court was told. Everybody, don't you know everybody's doing this shit, man? It's like he got uh, in trouble for like being a bad chaperone at a party. Yeah, no shit. I mean, with drive with driverless vehicles, it's got to be the fact that you have to sort of be oh awake and at the wheel is just long enough for us to get the legal shit situated and the car's good enough to where you can be back there just like painting Monet and shit. Right? It's like if I have to do that, why don't I just fucking drive? <laughs> you know? What's the point? I'm just staring at the traffic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even engaged. Yeah, no, no. I, I will full on wait until I don't have to do a damn thing in my car. I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, Hunter, that's been uh, all the news. Thanks for the somewhat, a pretty, like a big round of ammunition belt on a single gun. We circled up on a lot of there. things, man. We really did, you know, and going forward, we'll probably be using the segment a little bit more, so... We'll be right back, guys. (laughs) If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. And feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Uh, Halftime is complete. We're still drinking beers. And Hunter, are you warming up to what Santa's putting down your throat right now? <laughs> you know, he's dropping a couple logs down the chimney for me. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, there. You know, there was a couple of uh, there was a beer not too long ago where I f- I said it was uh, over advertised or that like it was saying that it was hitting on these things. For me, it wasn't hitting on those things. This beer claims to hit on uh, mulling spices, notes of vanilla, cinnamon, honey, and fresh gingerbread, and it hits on basically all of that. It is a festive beer. Like, huh. like I would really enjoy. Like, I like it now, but it's like very appropriate for Christmas. You know, I get Fuck yeah, dude. I get a lot of specifically gingerbread and cinnamon, and it's it's malty. You know, and what's so, the alcohol content on it? Eight percent. So is it is it warm or like sweet at all? Well, it's definitely sweet, but I think it's purposefully sweet. It's not like high alcohol sweet. I don't think. Okay. Huh. And you said it had, it had like a reddish tint to it, right? I mean, it would have to really cool down in the glass. Yeah, it's so black. It's black. That, that is such a dark beer. Yeah, it's black. I mean, it's going to have 0.01% of red in it, but it's good. I like it. It's, it's definitely different, you know? It's, um, it, it actually goes down fairly smooth for its alcoholic content. And, you know, even though it has a lot of, like, spices and kind of different festive flavors that it's hitting on. It doesn't make it uh, a burden to have to put down. Right. So it's good. Now, are you still buying singles for the show or do you just sort of pick beers out of the fridge that you have for yourself for witty banter? Um, I do get singles for the show. Um, I'll try to usually buy my, myself and Max uh, one so that we can both be trying the same one. 
in this instance, I didn't really just want to like do another St. Arnold's lawnmower or whatever. So mm-hmm. I just took one of the ones that me and Max were going to do, and I'm just going to drink two of them. Yeah, and so <laughs> I'm just going to double up on that and feel nice and lit. All right. There you go. What about you? Oh, How's the uh, hell's give me your uh bumbling review of <laughs> Guinness. Dude, the Guinness takes good out of a bottle. I was talking to Darian yesterday cuz I was drinking out of a can and I was asking her I was like, "Do you think that Guinness like Guinness that's served incorrectly out of a tap is better or worse than just what comes in the Guinness can?" Hmm. And then I went even further. I was like, okay, well, then, like, take it a step further. Like, right in Ireland, right outside of the brewery, what do you think would be better, out of a tap or out of the can? And then she just said, there's no fucking way they would sell Guinness in a can in Ireland, Chase. And I was like, all right, well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing the point. Yeah. Um, no, it's good, dude. I mean, Guinness is just roasty and super light. It's actually very easy to drink, um, like one or two Guinness. And I like, I like that about them. They're quaffable, you know? Yeah. It's so funny whenever you talk to people about beer and they've gotten their first ventures outside of Bud Light and all that stuff. And then you'll bring up like, oh, I like dark beers. And they'll be like, oh, like Guinness. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, Guinness is pretty good. And they're like, it's super heavy though. You're like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but like what other flavors of milkshakes do you like? I don't know. It makes me feel like a, like I know what I'm talking about, but also kind of like a condescending asshole. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's basically the line that I walk every day, Hunter. Um, I've actually been thinking I'm almost out of all the whiskey that we have back here. Like there's a few more I could do, but some of them are just like the occasion has to be special. I feel like to actually drink them. Yeah. Um, but we ha- we still have like a ton of gin, a ton of vodka, uh, a, a bunch of different alcohols here and, and like tequila and stuff. I'm like, Darian, like, can I sort of drink these other and get notes out of them? And she's like, yeah, you can, it'll be harder to do. So I think I might dude, head that way next dude. And I don't know how I feel about it. Be our liquor connoisseur expertionaire. Expertionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could, I'll rock that. That's cool with me. Cool. Cool. Well, Hey man, right, dude, I'm bringing a conversation peach. Today. I'm ready to bite into it. All righty. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, check it out. There's a conversation peach. So I was just randomly thinking about it. Like, you know, you see videos all the time of somebody getting pulled over and they start videotaping what the cop's doing, right? Or you mm-hmm. see people that, like, I remember whenever I was in Japan, you know, you're taking a shit ton of photos. Every once in a while, you have people that are looking into your photo oh, <laughs> that yeah. probably didn't want to be in it in the first place. Um, and, you know, a lot of that's harmless, right? A lot of that is just like, well, you're there and I'm taking a photo, so sorry. Um, yeah. But I think that there is an interesting conversation to be had around when it's okay to take photos of other people um, and what are sort of like kind of navigating some of the gray areas on like, you know, when it's appropriate or when it's not appropriate to like video someone, whether it's accidental or not, or to photograph yeah. somebody, whether it's accidental or not. I was just seeing if you might've had any predisposition about it. It's a subject that can go in many directions because there's, you know, laws on the books that basically protect somebody from taking any sort of photo of anybody else, including like in the most private ways, which is like very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then you can also go to the side of uh, like living in London where 
the street blocks are videotaped 24 seven hmm. for your security, quote unquote. Uh, so at any point in time, someone's watching you. Wow. And, you know, that sort of just sort of blends into the fabric of everyday life there. I don't know if it's something that you're necessarily consciously aware of, but when you are consciously aware of when a camera is on you, it can make you feel un- uncomfortable because it is something you're not prepared for. I know often I try to get into people's photos in ways that they don't notice because <laughs> well, I want to be that fucking guy like five years from now where they're looking at some old photo and they're like, look at this fucking dweeb <laughs> staring at the camera, like making a stupid face. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'll also put it to you this way. I got my first DSLR camera, uh, for Christmas mm-hmm. and I took a lot of photos in Japan, as you know, and I'm trying to f- now take photos here in San Diego and one thing that's interests me because I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of like really good photographers who came before me. That way I can learn what the fuck to do is you can take pictures of like just the public. Yeah. And back in the day, especially really far back in the day, like where cameras are like expensive and rare, people were excited to have their photos taken. Yeah. They were like, fuck yeah, dude, this guy's taking our picture. You know, like, <laughs> let's go. I'm on, I'm on TV. Yeah. But now... You have to be very, and it's kind of creepy. You got to be like cautious. You got to like figure out a way to take pictures directly of people without them really, without you just like pointing it right in their face. Yeah. Because there's something about having like your likeness stolen away from you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, of course, yeah, like identity theft is a huge thing. Uh, People, people's face, like, you know, with the... Uh, invention of social media there's like uh so many freaking fake accounts of people in fact we have ai that are creating fake profiles of people right and so if you have your name i have friends all the time that they find themselves on a new profile spamming people for dude that is wild you know that's never happened to me yeah and so um, that's got to be a little unsettling oh absolutely i mean i wouldn't i don't think i would be like my life torn apart if I saw that happen to me, but I'd definitely be like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, I guess it's just interesting because, you know, to a degree, you know, if you have a guy that's like kind of just walking around and then you walk right in front of him and he takes a picture of you. Yes. You know, like it seems like you should have the right to be like, Hey man, like I didn't say that that was cool. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. you, and you want another motive. You're like, what are you, what are you doing with that? Yeah. And, but at the same time, we are kind of entering this age of, especially in public places, like, a, a kind of a foregoing privacy and foregoing like that. Right. I guess like when you're out in public, it's like almost things are way more fair game in that sense. And I know, especially when like, police officers and stuff get video camera they get really uncomfortable right and yeah i mean that's that's the other thing about situations like that where even if i was in the car or i was the police like no matter what the knowledge of that camera being there is going to affect the behavior of the people Mm -hmm. period yeah and that's also just like an interesting interesting thing to note on and it's almost like a uh, exercise in consent when it comes to photos a very much like you're allowed to, you're not allowed to, I'm aware of what you're doing. I'm not aware of what you're doing. And it's sort of like this game of consent on a micro level where now we are being coming desensitized of photos. And so that, that consent is 
kind of dropping and dropping. And like, dude, think about fucking paparazzi. Oh, like yeah. when we were talking about like fame many episodes ago and how how great it would be to fam- be famous, whatever. Like that's the kind of shit where if you're ultra famous, like you can't be on the streets. Yeah, it makes life you can't, miserable. Yeah, you can't just be going going out and like. And, but it, the reason why I also brought up consent because like there's a flip, right? Like if you know somebody who you trust and you literally tell them to come hang out with you because you want them to take photos of you, you fucking ham it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, dude, I'm finally getting photographed. I'm just going to act natural, <laughs> and these photos are going to come out. I'm going to look badass. My profile pictures are going to be fucking sick. Yeah. You know, and it's a whole different... Then you're ultra comfortable, and you're like a different version of yourself then too. Yeah, it, and it's hilarious. I, it probably plays into the fact that like we like constructing our uh, our reality when it comes Dude. to photographs, you know, and like, yeah, uh, when it comes to things like social media, like Facebook, like Instagram and trying to put together this semblance of what your life is and how other people are going to relate to it and see it. Um, it's it, so important, you know? Like, yeah. If, nothing, if somebody gets a bad side of you and you're a, a good looking oh girl, though, they'll be like, what the fuck is Dude, this? <laughs> that's what I was going to bring up. Like there, there have been times where people have been like, excuse me, like, can you take a photo of us? I'm like, yeah, not a problem. And like, I'll snap a couple photos and give it back. And they're just like, Oh, these like we can't use these. Like these look awful. Like I look like shit here or whatever. Like oh, the light makes my you fucking look like whatever. you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what the like? Uh, sorry. And and then you'll see these people at social gatherings, or whatever, where all they do all night is take pictures, and to get the whatever shot they want, they'll do it like six times because a fucking eyelash is out of place. Yeah, and it's just yeah, and it's horrifying. Not only is that sad, it's just weird because it's like you spend so much time in front of a camera taking pictures and then I guess the the moment that you're not aware that maybe somebody's taking a picture of you that you weren't consenting to, then it's like this big fucking deal, right? <laughs> right, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Now, now you've stolen away their ability to portray themselves in like a specific way, you know? Do you think that's what it is? I mean, do you think that that's where most of the discomfort comes from people that get photographed and maybe feel uncomfortable about it is like, oh, you know, maybe I'm being portrayed in a light that I don't like. I feel like it just, it'll just depend on the circumstance, right? Like, yeah, there's that. Maybe you don't want to get photographed because you're afraid it's going to make you look bad. Maybe you don't want to get photographed because like you're insecure about yourself and you quite literally don't want to see what you look like at this point in time because it's a reality check. Right. And then there's also sides of things where, you just don't understand. You don't know what that person is doing. And that's, that's the kind of thing where like you almost, you own, you, you have this feeling of ownership over like your likeness, yeah. which you kind of don't own in a way. <laughs> like if somebody were to sculpt a person that looked exactly like you, even by accident, it's not like you could claim anything on that. Hmm. But if someone steals like a, a photograph of you, they take a photograph of you, like it's theirs. And since you feel like you own it, you feel like a part of you is in that, even though to them it's just an image, you know, but yeah, yeah, it just brings up a whole lot of complexes, I guess. Yeah. I just That's thought it was, cool yeah, I just thought it was interesting because I, uh, I walked past a guy that was taking pictures around Houston and I got in front of his camera on one second and I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not going to make this a big deal, but I can imagine people like you know, maybe Delete that photo. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or like making it a big deal or maybe just being uncomfortable around that. And I wonder if anybody else feels that way, you know? Yeah. Cool. No, I like that, man. Let's, let's end that peach there. We'll put it down. We'll bust it out a different time. I don't think we finished the whole thing. Cause we got some big old fucking juicy peaches over on witty banter. We huh? really do. 
So let's hop into the mailbag and answer a few emails, all right? Come get your mail. Now, I'm going to start with this we got question. A few, from right? it. We do. We've got a little treasure trove that we can shuffle through, do some organizing. This one comes from Ben Ebig, and I don't know if we've We've had to have talked about this on the show at one point, but he asks, how did you guys choose the name for the podcast? I think we've talked about it and on the I, show. I know we've talked about like how we came up with the beeps, but we've talked about Witty Banter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've I, had I to, think right? on our 50th episode, we rehashed a lot of that stuff. We had yeah. a three-hour episode, so I'm, I'm I mean, sure we covered it. I don't it. remember more than a third of it, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, dude, so let's talk about how Witty Banter got its name. It literally came to be in a single afternoon. It was a single brainstorming session. And it was more of like an obstacle. It was like, we need a name so we can fucking publish this thing. Yeah, right? like, I didn't think you wanted to... I don't think we started, because you didn't want to start until we had a name, right? And so, uh, yeah. yeah, we we started just thinking about inside jokes and, and stuff that we liked and th- that we thought was funny. And, um, you know, we, we both have a soft spot for Seinfeld. And mm-hmm. uh, George Costanza is particularly on our funny bones. And uh, I guess we just, I, I can't remember what made a witty banner an inside joke though. So I can give you that part. Okay. So there's, there's definitely a moment and I can't, I don't know. I don't have it. I would love to have this YouTube clip. And in fact, if you're out there and you're just a fucking, <laughs> you're one of the one people out of the dozens that download the show who I don't know, help me out and find this. <laughs> But George Costanza at one point yells um, in Seinfeld, it's just a bunch of witty banter. Yeah. And that like really stuck in our, in my mind as funny as a kid growing up. And then when we saw the movie Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. In theaters, mm-hmm. me and a bunch of friends, Hunter was there, I'm pretty sure Max was there, Riley Cannon was there. And I think there might have even been a girl with us that night, Hunter. Ooh, no way. <laughs> we watched Sherlock Holmes and I wasn't very excited for the movie. And I let that just sort of carry me through it. <laughs> and then by the when the movie ended, I was like, everybody liked it except for me. And I was like, I didn't like this movie. I'm like, Why didn't you like it? And I said, because it's just a bunch of fucking witty banter. All they do is they say, and then I did the little impression. I was like, I'll have a quip. You'll have a quip. We'll both have a quip. And that's in, in, and and there it is. So like those inside jokes are what the show was founded in, and they're also reflected in our intro song. Yeah, we had a couple of ideas. We had a. I think it came later down the line. We thought of Bro Jive. So yeah, Bro Jive we liked. We never really came up with a solid, clear understanding of what Bro Jive would ever exactly. be. Exactly. It was just this wastebasket of alternative ideas. Yeah, and we also threw in, you know, deep cuts on some of ours. We had just the quip, which uh I don't know if that gets lost on people. It's probably not as punny as I think it is, but I think just the quip's cool. Yeah, okay. I like it. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, we basically, we came up with witty banter and I, and we were, we were at the point where we were like, is this it? Is this going to be it? It wasn't like we said it and just knew it kind of hung there and then just stood, stood the test of a few more challengers. And then we just settled I in. I think on we it. were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Dunter Horset has a question and it's, it's a big list here. Oh, Jesus. Out of the three of you, who would be most likely to do any of the following things? Okay. Names can be repeated. Number one, cheat on a test. Ooh. Hunter, you did cheat on it. You cheated on an assignment, right? That's true. <laughs> this hurts. 
Yeah, it's getting uh, deep. Sorry, I didn't mean to air your dirty laundry. I just doxed you on here. I mean, I, I figure that Max has some integrity. I I don't know much about his test taking prowess or his needs. Yeah. He can sleek and he can sleek out of this one. You trying to say you never uh, cheated on a spelling test or something, Chase? I've cheated gra- on tests. Where you graded your own shit? <laughs> in fact, here's a here's a cheat story. I once could just sit on my left foot in my desk on my desk. Uh-huh. And from that vantage point, be able to perfectly see over the right shoulder of the girl who sat in front of me, and I would just scoop answers on quizzes and fucking history all day. <laughs> so maybe we'll just say both of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll say both of us. <laughs> Number two, become a stand-up comedian. Uh, I could probably see Max. I could see Max being a funny, funny stand-up comedian more so than myself. I thought. See, Max. I thought it would be Max fun to be a, media, uh, a comedian, but I. I, I don't know. I feel like I would be a little too like planned out. Like I'm too analytical, Dude, yeah. I think. I mean, stand up is fucking hard. And the thing like you can be a good public speaker, which I feel like I have. You can be a really fucking witty, funny dude like Max is, but you also as a comedian have to be able to write jokes. Yeah. And like joke writing is something in and of itself. Yeah. You know. That's but uh, that I don't know who which one of us can write jokes. Exactly. I guess I just it's feel tough. I just feel like Max does uh, like additive stuff on top of things that we think are funny, and then he makes it oh, more yeah. funny. I guess, and so I guess I don't know if he could play off play off of a crowd, you know. All right, number three, uh, break a world record. What do you think? Shit, <laughs> I'm gonna say me. I feel like I'm stupidly driven on shit. In fact, That's true. I would probably say like it would be. It would be like a, a video game record or something. I mean, I was super motivated as a kid to just buy leaderboards. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, I wanted to be at the top of the leaderboard and stuff like that. Get the highest high score or whatever. I agree with that. You're definitely, um, you're definitely like a sedulous to a fault. You'll, oh man. Well, you, the, uh, that was thick. The, uh, what's it called? The waiting in lines. <laughs> You'll wait in oh, the I longest know. line. <laughs> Dude, don't test my patience, bro. We'll do a couple more of these. Get in a fist fight. Hunter, have you been in a fight? I'm pretty pacifistic, man. I've never punched Me too. another person. Me neither. And Max has, so we got to give it to him. It's got to be Max, yeah. Which is kind of funny. The wrong... Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Fucking string beam. <laughs> laugh at the wrong moment. I feel like that's literally all three of us. The amount of <laughs> wrong moment laughing that happened to me in school was just ridiculous. I think usually I can keep a straight face. The The worst was when I was on shrooms at the Anne Frank Museum. Oh, my God. It's such a <laughs> That was the wrong moment that. or two. Yeah. That was the worst moment. Yeah. That was like, that was a punchline of like historical proportion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd probably be all three all of right. us. I'll round out the last one. Number seven. Forget important birthdays. It's pro- probably me. Yeah, you're just gonna wear that one. I think I'm gonna wear it. I'm just bad about <laughs> keeping up with people, like reaching out to people and letting them know how I feel about stuff. <laughs> you know all the fucking ooey gooey things. Yeah, you know. I'd rather just shit down a chimney. And <laughs> just shove it out your ass, dude. I'm not wishing you a happy birthday. <laughs> I, I will shamefully wear that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man. First step is recognizing the shame. Hey, here, here. Okay, Dooney Ray has a question for us. Okay. So, would you rather lose Evo Grand Finals 
of your favorite game by either getting perfected in the last round <laughs> or take your opponent down to a pixel of health but then lose the round. Your friend Israel. Ooh. Those are fucking titan choices, dude. Yeah. So he's the picture he's put he's he's painting for you, Hunter. He's like, "You're you just came through a 2000 person bracket on at at Evo, the biggest fighting game tournament in the world. You're in grand finals. It's the final game last round. Would you rather lose by getting perfected where they literally just run you through, no damage to them whatsoever?" Or you get them down to literally the last hit, and they fucking come back and beat you. I hate to say it, I think I'd rather get perfected. I'm I'm kind of leaning that way too because there's a there's like a desperation in the other side, right? Yeah, it's just like it's Where, always gonna eat at you. Like you'll always think about that and always be like, think about things that you could have done to change that. Whereas like if you right. just are definitively the loser, it's like okay, well fuck, I was just the loser, right? But that's the other thing is is when when it's a comeback, you feel like this guy just fucking analyzed you, downloaded you, and in the last minute of his life just turned it up, right? <laughs> but the thing about a perfect is sometimes they just fucking happen. Yeah. You just get blown up. And you could just be like, man, and like that set was so crazy. And final round, he perfected him. Like, I don't know if that was just because... Things got wet and wily, or if it was because it was like this surgical destruction, you know? Yeah. I, I think either way, though, still, like, I think it would bother me more to have come that much closer to the thing I really wanted and right. to not get it. I mean, I think, because it's like, when you make it to the grand finals, it's not like, like, you made it to the grand finals. So, like, you're definitely legit, right? Yeah. But it's not like... I guess it would it would it would be way more of a hit on my pride personally if I taken it down all the way to a pixel and didn't finish it out, you know. Whereas, like, because then you're just then you're just going through in your head every moment you could have had it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for that entire time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's more brutal, dude. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with perfect. It reminds me, dude. So I watched um I watched a good amount of the Sonic Fox Goichi. Um, oh man match and yeah that was insane goichi is like the most ridiculous player like i can't even understand what he's doing half of the time right but some his defense is just impenetrable yeah that's where that's where all the magic happens it's just defense and capitalizing on openings man Exactly. Any time that there was a, a moment where he had the button, he had it. Yeah. And they'd do like double vanish, crazy dashes and shit, and he would block every time. You're like, what? <laughs> there was only a <laughs> yeah, string of, dude. I counted it for like 16 seconds where the guy would just kept going on a string <laughs> and he just pop, opened him up. <laughs> <God> <laughs> damn, dude. I love that you're watching those though and getting the kick out. That of was the first one that I watched that I was like, okay, I'm really into it because it also had good commentators. I think it was like Snipes and Yipes, something yeah. else. Um, and so, and you know, also this is to uh, Dooney and Max's, um, you know, praise. Uh, whenever you and I were like, just one more, just one more. The other night, oh, yeah, that was so that fun. was hilarious. Listening to them commentate yeah. on those, I was like, these guys sound like legitimate. Like, I would love to listen to these guys. Yeah, I want to start doing that more when we're all playing in a group. Someone's commentating, okay? Because <laughs> I really like the FGC needs more commentators, and I totally think 
we're up for it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I've always thought that, I mean, whenever, (laughs) whenever we went to your place and we were watching it for the first time, I was a little inebriated, but you started, uh, you started picking up on what they were doing. And I was like, Chase is just like nailing this entire commentary. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I need. Need that, that boost. All right, Hunter, why don't you give me a final thought on the beer and then we'll head out of here. Okay, man. Well, it's uh, it's got the spices, it's got the jingles and the jangles. It's appropriately advertised. It's got high alcoholic content for kind of what it's bringing. I think it'd be very easy for this to be like a four point five percent alcohol by volume, but they still made it nice and hefty. It drinks pretty well. It's nice and dark, but it's not thick. And I actually really like it. I think, dude. Yeah, I've had, you just feel like you just. You just gave it an all-star ranking. Yeah, I mean, I think I've had a few Rar and Sons uh, beers, but this is the only one that I'm probably going to like legitimately remember and call upon. So Angry Santa Spiced London Ale. I'm going to get it like a eyebrow raise. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Yeah, oh, oh, wow. That's that's what it's got for me. Oh, that's fantastic. I also feel like uh, you and I are just into that sort of London style. Like, I remember we were big into London stouts when we were living together and things like that, and the speckled hen and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The pub um, ales. Yeah. Guinness is still good. It's really I, great out of a bottle, too. Uh, there you go. That beer is just about its consistency, and it's something that it's always has. So I'm going to leave it off there. Hunter, next week I am going to probably bring some more boozy stuff, and we'll figure out. We'll see how it goes. Kick ass. Looking forward to it. Uh, but that is the end of episode 151. Thank you for listening. Witty Banter can be found on iTunes and podcast services of your choice. Just hit Witty Banter, press subscribe, and every episode will show up in your download queue for free. If you want to pick us up anywhere else on the internet, we you can find our webpage. It is wittybantershow.com. We are on Twitter, at uh, wittybantershow. And we also have a Facebook t- page, which is uh, facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. And I am on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Our co-host who wasn't here today, Max Scott, he is on Twitter. He is at Probably Max. And Hunter, you are at Crypto underscore Diesel, but more importantly, Crypto Diesel on YouTube. So go check out that channel there. Yes, sir. Um, We will see you all next week. Good luck to everybody competing at Texas Showdown this weekend. And Hunter, I think you're going to L.A., right? Absolutely. Have a great fucking time, dude. I can't wait to hear about it. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Beat a pit bull. Good night, beautiful people.